This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido Fresno, and with me is... Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, first Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. And we've made it for another week. We did. Yep. It's always so surprised. It's like I'm surprised that we, <laughs> that like, we keep, as if keep making it and we keep doing it. That's how we keep the spice. Mm-hmm. Maybe we will. Maybe, maybe we won't. Maybe Every it's, week it's, it's awesome. It's we done. don't know. <laughs> Little do our listeners know that every week it's like a process. It's totally not. It's no, like automatic now. So um, we have, this is a listener, listener sponsored, not listener sponsored, but um, <laughs> an episode brought to you by a listener who had a question, reached out to us. Uh, pretty good one, I think. So this question comes to us from Logan Heinrichs. Um, thank you so much, Logan. He says, hey guys, I discovered your podcast, Patreon page, and YouTube videos about three weeks ago from the Rokus interview. I love what you guys are doing, and I wish I was near Fresno to train with you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> us too. He says, I am working my way through all the older podcasts while keeping up with the current releases. I apologize if you've discussed this in another episode, but I was curious if slash how you train the escalation. On a similar note, I was curious if any of you have read Giving In Giving In to Get Your Way by Terry Dobson and what your thoughts were. So I don't think that we have talked about this, have we? I don't think we have either. Yeah, no, which we is weird because it seems like we would have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel, I seem... mean, it does seem like this would have been a topic, a, a prime topic for uh, us. Um, on the second part, I, I have not read that book. Have you read that book? Nope, Do you know I have about not. That? No. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. I, I think it's a, a popular a book. A popular book. Maybe put it on put it on our put it on the list. list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but okay, so let's let's just. I'm sure we have plenty to say about de-escalation and sort of what that means. It's interesting because I do feel the reason it's a good topic is because for some reason de-escalation sort of gets bantied about in terms of Aikido all the time. Like people mm-hmm. always are like, "Oh, it's." Sort of, and I think it's that um, because we're about we're like the peaceful, nonviolent, blah 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 mm-hmm, blah. Mm-hmm. That has to be de-escalation, you know. Like I mm-hmm. think that that's what people assume. It's like, well, if you're not fighting them, you are de-escalating them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When in truth, like in some ways, um, you know, de-es- fighting could be a de-escalation at some point right because sure at the end of a fight it that has it has been de-escalated right right? like so depending on how you look at things um de-escalation could mean who knows what but i think de-escalations like um there's there's a lot of things like this right so like situational awareness is like this footwork that's a different kind of thing but Mm -hmm, it's it's mm -hmm. the same way where it's like everyone knows it's important and everyone wants to talk about it but no Mm -hmm. one really has great great material to work on a firm grasp of maybe this maybe this uh terry dobson book uh, that i haven't read um, actually offers it um but but i don't know usually when i scan these kinds of things um i i I don't see what i'm personally looking for in it and and it it just it's hard because it's like a lot of people know it's important but there's not a universal way to talk about this stuff you know and it's important because if we're not fighting we must be the you know i think that's that's the assumption right is that like 
because we're not fighting and people know that Aikido doesn't fight, the the other option is de-escalation. And I think that that most people think it it is like this weird, obscure, like out in the ether thing that like exists, but nobody. How do you do it? Well, yeah. uh, you, yeah. t- you talk to people, create a rapport, <laughs> whatever you know. Yeah. Like when, in fact, if you're talking about Aiki making an accord with someone, that sort of all that is what we're doing. Yeah. All I mean. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, it's, it's, right. it's, it's, there's just it's, there's so much that like I mean I think we got to build a foundation before we get otherwise we'll just be talking in circles all day. But you know I mean I really think that there are basically three things you can do in any kind of conflict. You can fight, which is to directly resist the the, the person, and that could be physical or verbal or whatever. You could uh, escape, right? So you avoid it, and you just and that could again could be physical, verbal, or whatever. Um, or you negotiate, and then you have some kind of coming to terms with what's going on, um, and that again could be physical or verbal. And so when you say de-escalation, you're talking about some kind of negotiation, probably. But like Josh said, um, de-escalation. You know, so so y- you could use the word de-escalation to mean resolve, and so like. I could resolve a problem lots of ways, right? And so so generally, though, when you hear the word de-escalation, you're saying that there is a height of um, probably non-physical excitement, and we're going to bring the the non-physical excitement down so it never becomes physical. I, right. I think it's that's like, what we're getting at. It's like conflict exists in an arc, and it like escalates, escalates, and then at some point it de-escalates. Yeah. And the way that, you know, someone who's, into fighting or sees fighting as the way to resolve most conflict would see it as well i bring it to the other side of the curve by by bringing that along quicker right but what i think what most people are referring to like you're saying is that they're moving the the curve closer by not letting it go into the physical realm like letting the height only be right they're dropping the the, the curve right yeah, yeah exactly right, right, right. and i mean you know like in the military they they often talk about violence of action and and like what they're getting at with violence of action is i am going to violently make it physical hopefully before you even know anything's going on right um and so that way i i take you by surprise right. and i get you and de-escalation is definitely the opposite side of that where i'm trying to keep you or me everyone from from letting it you know ramp, ramp up. up yeah Right, escalate. Right. Yes. Right. As the right. Yeah. And and I mean that 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 term could be used in tons of ways. We could use right. it to mean resolution. We could use and it that's to mean a, all kinds yeah. of things. And I think that's a you know when I, for me anyway, I know what people are talking about when they say de-escalation. Um, but when I hear it, it sort of has a different, slightly different bit of a connotation. Because know. at some point, everything de-escalates. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I would just, I would just say that's a resolution and, right. and, you know, like, and that, that you could get a resolution through de-escalation. You could also get a resolution through punching someone in the face real hard. You know, you could, you know, like, so just, just to be clear about how we're using would, the word Would right you now. consider though, uh, so when you're talking de-escalation, it is a sort of non-physical negotiation because I would say that like, if I leave someplace, that is a de-escalate. I have de-escalated that situation by leaving, um, and that is not, and that is different from. Yeah, I mean, we, so so you you created a resolution. The resolution is you weren't there, 
and 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 you not being there did keep the situation from escalating so like i said you could you could use it to mean anything but like generally when people are talking about the word de-escalation they're saying de-escalation skills they're saying that we're face to face and it's ramping up and it's going to become physical and i don't want it to become physical this is all i need to know for the continuation of this conversation (laughs) um yeah so let let's so let's talk about the way that we would use it in for us at our school and when we're training and and you know and then we can kind of branch out from there yeah so i mean you know when you're doing any kind of de-escalation from the idea of the situation's getting hot and how do we make the situation not hot meaning that you know things are ramping up then you're going to either make a you're going to make them your friend or you're going to be their boss, right? And so those are basically the two ideas um, of what you're going to do with that. And so either we're friends. So, hey, man, I'm having a hard day too. I understand what you're saying. Like, let's not get out of hand. We got to chill out. Um, or you're going to be their boss. Hey, you're you're not being okay. You're not being cool. You need to pay attention to yourself. So you're either your mom or their mom or, or their best friend. And so that's basically what de-escalation skills are kind of, of circling around um, outside of, of the way we would train Aikido. Um, when we're talking about Aikido, we're talking about a myriad of things that, that could, um, include that stuff, but it also could include, um, paying attention to something that's going to get hot and not going there to understanding that someone is feeling tense and not making them feel more tense to, um, uh, key eye, which is like to present a strong front early on. So they don't want to escalate situations and, and it's still working around that model. It's just more inclusive than just the verbal methods and more inclusive than just talking them down or mm-hmm. something like that. Right. And that's sort of where I was going with it is it's all of those sort of things that, that you were touching on. You know, the idea that if um, I can pick up on what's happening early enough before they even pick up that they're getting upset about something, de-escalation is easy, easier no matter what process i'm using whether it's leaving or talking but if i can pick it up early um and so that's something that we're training sort of all the time even if it's not directly you know even if it's indirectly um and then that other the other thing is that switch that you're talking about where it's like the key eye so if i can realize that um the you know friend versus mom if i can realize that like no if i just if i am strong here i can present something that they don't want to escalate well i think there's like two ways to like so if we're talking about our dojo and what we do to train de-escalation there's training de-escalation via like training the person's skills within themselves to to understand how to like handle like the kokyu piece i Mm -hmm. guess and then there's like the literal skills of like how to get out of a place or how to talk to you know what i mean like Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. I feel like i'm dividing those two in my head of like and i think most regular aikido schools would fall under the first thing which is just training you to be a uh, self-aware person a um thoughtful person like paying attention to things and that's like those skills are applicable to lots of things and de-escalation definitely because it's revolving around human relationships and how you handle your own self and then the other stuff is more like 
like literal skills, mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. I would say, like of how you like literally get yourself out of a place and, and move towards where you want to be in relation to other people in space. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, those verbal skills that we talk about, about how do you treat someone so that they think of you as a friend? How do you treat someone? That kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And mm-hmm. I would say those literal verbal skills that we think of as like the stereotypical idea of de-escalation is maybe not something that we do very often if at all in our school at least and i would imagine most schools probably don't talk about that too much unless you're like a really like self-defensey type school Mm -hmm. um but a lot of that other stuff we do dip into quite a lot yeah it's hard when you talk about verbal skills because you can't practice with someone who's not really heated Mm -hmm. you know like i mean you can kind of you can mock it and i've seen it in like reality-based self-defense training people doing drills and things like that and and there are things you can remember and and stuff like that but it's real hard to practice it so that's why stuff like footwork um, which is in this category of like things that people love to talk about that are hard to get on top of. It's because, well, we all just walk around all the time. So you can kind of just walk around all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so like, well, until, until we're doing it really fast, you don't really know how you walk around. So, right. so let's just do it and then we'll get footwork from that. And so I think what you need, like the study of it is why a thing is efficient or not efficient. And then the practicing of it is just the practicing of it, you Mm -hmm. know? And and I think we tend to confuse those two. And so that's why something like footwork doesn't get the attention it should because, well, it gets the verbal attention. Like, oh, we all know that's good. But then when it comes into practicing, it's like, do these three steps. Okay, now just do Aikido, you know? Well, and I think that's a good point that you make. It's like, you know, we are de-escalating all the time situations whether we probably know it or not, you know? Um, Whether it's at home or work or, or like we're just doing it and so in some ways um it's one of the things that i think people one of the problems with aikido is like um you know you like we talk about oh we just want to stay away from people and 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 everyone sort of goes like oh okay yeah and and they sort of just assume that like that's the easy thing to do right right yeah um and this is the same thing where it's like okay well we know what we're supposed to do talk to them be their friend or be their blah right. blah blah right right um so we know what it is or you know in quotes know what it is but we don't know but we think that because we do it all the time that we can that we're do good it at all it the or time, we know or why that, right, it works exactly, or exactly. right exactly right um yeah. and so i think it and and if you want to discover this for yourself you know, a drill that we do for our self-defense class is uh, have someone, you know, coming toward you um, and, you know, telling them to stop. And then when, if they don't stop, do making sure that they, you know, like uh, escalating yourself to the point that you need to, to make them stop, either with the tone of voice and blah, 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 while you're moving, you know. And that's a difficult thing for most people to do. Like, it's very difficult for someone, even in, you know, a warehouse where we're training and there's no one around to live, to to yell at another person and tell them, you stop now and to get that tone. Um, So if you think that, like, yeah, you know, you can be buddies or you can, you know, get that thing when you need to, I'm not. 100% 100% certain that is the case, you know. Right, right. I mean, I think a good thing to talk about, so so like how we need to get through this is like 
to to explain why something de-escalates, I think, is the, the good first part to start. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and why something de-escalates is because the person who would escalate sees that escalating is not advantageous. Um, and there's two reasons they would see that it's not advantageous. Either one, that they would lose anyways. So, you know, like, uh, you know, with the police, if if someone's acting out of hand and four more Police officers are here right. that might de-escalate yeah. the situation yeah. just because it's like well there's four of them and i'm not you know and like now the other side of that is that might actually escalate the situation because it's put the person into a corner and they think i need to attack now and so the other side of that is not that you're more powerful than them but that them attacking you would make them a jerk a bad person mm-hmm. you know and this is why good people don't punch their parents right like because not because they couldn't beat their parents up that that's gone you know like their parents are not physically capable of beating them anymore but like because well that's not what i should do because my parents have taken care of me and that wouldn't make me a good person to attack my parents right and so that's the the friend thing so the reason something de-escalates is because they're more powerful than you or they're your friend I'm I'm interested in like how that works psycho like psychologically with people. So like obviously when someone wants to escalate something into a physical interaction, they're they're clicking into like some kind of adrenaline and like their unconscious mind's freaking out. Right. They have lots of emotions and their 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 unconscious mind is is taking over their conscious mind and their conscious mind's not able to to be in control because they're just flipping out right um and so how i'm I'm interested in how these two appeals to their different parts of their brain like what would you say the 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 more powerful approach like if if you were demonstrating to them i'm going to be more powerful than you it's no use to you Mm. does that appeal more to their unconscious mind or their conscious mind yeah well so i think they're both kind of happening on an unconscious level Uh that really influences their conscious mind and their conscious mind makes those decisions based on that uh-huh. Um, I think Machiavelli would tell you that um, them being scared of you is more powerful than them loving you, right? So this is the right. Machiavellian thing, you know, yeah. like, is it better to be loved or feared, right? right. And so those are both de-escalation skills, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, because if you lose the de-escalation, then you're just going to find out who's better. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's yeah. what the escalation right. is. We're so now physically might as well just be out. better then. That's right. Right. Um, so, so Machiavelli's thing is kind of, you know, like... You know, if, if they're pressed and into the worst position and they um, they they think they could take advantage of you, i.e. you're their friend and they love you, then they might go ahead and take advantage of you anyways. Whereas if they fear you, even in a survival situation, they're like, well, I'm not going to beat that guy. So that's not the guy I'm going to pick on, you know. Right. I think it's way more complex than this uh, in a on an interpersonal level. Right. Because like it's not those kinds of crazy stakes right. and so so a lot of we, times and we always do stuff that's against our best that's right yeah that's right we always do stupid shit like right. that we should know better about so right. um yeah i think you're 100 percent. and that's the thing is like i wonder how because i think both of those are appeals like you're making an appeal to right it's both, word. like you're appealing to someone's unconscious mind when you're when you're making a show of force so that they don't want to attack you um because you're like their unconscious mind's going to be scared but then also their conscious mind goes oh it's not wise for me to attack like right. it clues in right, right, um, right, right and the same with the friend thing is like the unconscious mind the part of you that goes like oh socially not not cool for me to be i'm being right. a flip out jerk right now like that's not very socially chill of me and their conscious mind clicks in and goes ah this right. isn't going to be good for me right. and that's the kind of thing you know like so i think it's in of mice and men 
um, there's a, a someone's going to fight this little mean guy, oh, and, yeah. and he was saying that you can't win against a little guy because if you beat him, everyone thinks that you're a jerk because right, of course he's giant, little, right, yeah. right? And if you lose to him, then everyone thinks you're a wuss because he's this little tiny guy and he beat right. you up. And so, so um, a little man can press their luck harder that way, right? That's right, huh. we can. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that's 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 it's another way to look at it, but it's that same appeal that you're saying. I think appeal is yeah. a perfect word. Because it says to that guy, like, well, I don't want to beat him up because I look like a jerk. Mm-hmm. And if I lose to him, he's more powerful than me, then I look like a jerk. Which, and and it's funny because I feel like uh, if if we're looking at Aikido, like, I'm strictly from a physical thing where it's like someone's coming to get me. I am just not going to let you get me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that like kind of appeals to both of those where it's like there's part of you that may go like i can't get this guy that's scary and there's another part that's going like i can't get this guy right i look like an idiot like i'm i'm looking like a fool by not being able to you know yeah Um, and all of that's happening without me doing anything physically right so it's the physical version of like that problem yeah so so i think there's a bigger thing um here which is like i think the category of negotiation is a larger category than de-escalation so let's say yeah, i'm yeah, gonna yeah. have peace accords with putin right and so if putin's all pissed off uh, i've liked that they've sent me into yeah, 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 right yeah. way. but anyway so putin's all pissed off i have to de-escalate the situation before we can have our negotiation and so my uh, my de-escalation is a skill set i need inside of negotiation so we could possibly negotiate right because ne- negotiation like requires some amount of conscious mind presentness uh-huh. for him to be able to talk to you but uh-huh. if he can't reason with you then there's no use talking to him so you have to de-escalate mm. him to be that's in right. his mind that's right and so i think when you apply that to physical what josh is saying is kind of the de-escalation physical side of the overall negotiation right and uh-huh. so and i think aikido is a martial art that's about negotiation that's what the whole thing's about and so de-escalation of course is a part of the skill sets but i think there's a bigger skill that's not just because de-escalation once no one's heated then we're done with de-escalation. Right, we're not right, escalating. Right. But Aikido kind of goes further, you know, like... Yeah, interesting. So I, going back to de-escalation specifically, that the, you know, the either or, the friend or mom thing, um, what happens if... I mean, I guess it becomes physical is the answer, but like what happens if you're not able to appeal to seeming more powerful or being their friend? Like if they're too... Because it, I think that those those verbal methods still require some amount of presentness of their conscious mind for them to be able to go oh i'm being a jerk or um oh it's not wise for me to attack them if they can't consciously realize that like maybe unconsciously they'll have a flinch but if they're too ramped up maybe they don't care yeah i mean so so what's ramping them up is not their conscious mind it's their their unconscious unconscious mind mind. and so you have to have an unconscious appeal that Mm -hmm. talks to their conscious mind does that make sense yeah but but now i don't know if that's answering your question no i guess i I, i'm not really sure what i'm asking i think it's the key it's you know it's like the key eye that's the that's the breakthrough of the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the of the conscious and unconscious mind, or you would hope, right? Right. Is that like, oh, my verbal's not working. I have to flip into another mode. Mm-hmm. So I would do something like ki. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work, then I would do something like, 
move and keep away from them. You mean like the literal like sh- shout? Literal key. Yes, yes. Yeah, literally, got it. like Sorry. literally posture, kiat, you know. Right. Something and, that jars them. Like, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't, hey! but you know, whatever, whatever however the it comes is, out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Real yeah. quick for our listeners. Um, so kiai um, generally is translated as like this spirit shout. You know, you hear spirit. it if you, you watch any martial arts uh, demonstration probably um and and it does mean that but it means something deeper than that and more than that which is this um so i key means to receive energy to blend with the energy coming in ki is to force them to blend with the energy going out um and so ki can be a lot of things but a shout kind of nicely represents that because it's non-physical in the sense that no no two corporeal forms are hitting um, but it's also not just a thought or something that's harder to get than a shout. You know, like, so yeah. a posture, a physical posture could be a ki. Right, sure. Mm-hmm. But it's it, that's even more abstract. So right. the shout, I think, is kind of the middle ground that everyone can go, that's what ki is. So so I, th- I think that's actually a perfect thing to bring up, that, like, if you're not able to verbally de- de-escalate them and appeal to their unconscious and conscious mind, then that that ki, that shout, or whatever we're talking about, um, is appealing or jarring their their unconscious mind in a way that 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 will maybe grab them a little more that's that's how i would see it yeah yeah and then it just goes from there so the next one is as they're coming in you know just not being where they they want me to be and then that just continues on until in uh, in hypnotism there's a um a method of inducing hypnotic state and basically it's to create a shock of some sort and then after the shock to give instructions immediately and the idea behind it's kind of clever because it's like if something shocks us we can't do anything for a second right so like we just kind of freeze and then in that freezing we're totally receptive to anything that seems logical Mm -hmm. and so kind of like what josh is saying is like you shout at them or whatever that you do that that shocks them and then after the shock issue instructions and then they're likely to follow them because they don't know what else to do and that makes sense like why like we we do this kind of naturally when we're in like verbal arguments and stuff when we feel like we're not getting heard logically we'll yell at each other Mm -hmm. because we feel like if i say it louder maybe they'll get it maybe Mm -hmm. they'll get shocked and actually hear me this time and then if two siblings do that they just keep getting louder if the mother does that everyone shuts the fuck up right (laughs) Right. because because that's a shock they know that like the mother's superior and it's because either new kids the mom will beat the hell out of you Mm -hmm. or older kids you love your mom and she's been good to you your entire life and you're not going to fuck with her you're gonna look like a a fool totally look like a fool yes (laughs) well let's i mean so and i i think whether or not it's clear or not that like these skills are built into the things that we train yes. all the time. Yes. Um, you know, I don't think that we're necessarily training key although maybe some some schools do. Um, <laughs> uh, we don't, and and you know, like so we don't necessarily. And sometimes I I think like wow, that's sort of a, that's problematic in a lot of ways um, because it's not giving people the full scope of of, of what's needed. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of weird a lot of times that like you know every time you're doing a you know given a a, a, a a attack you're like yelling at them but in some, and and you should be able to cultivate that when you need but doing it all the time is just kind of weird it's um, funny with the ki in specific 
when when we when we talked about oh we should talk about de-escalation this is a great question um the first thing that i thought of was our women's self-defense class where we do you know that verbal exercise or, and physical as well but verbally telling someone to stop leave me alone mm-hmm. you know and raising our voice is necessary like that is ki- 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 mm-hmm. you know i mean yeah. it, there is absolutely a word with is. it sure. but it is right. ki- right. yeah and ki- um and now thinking about it maybe we should do a little bit more of that at least for for people as needed because i think now i don't really need to do ki as much because i can rely on my ability to do it when i need to Mm -hmm. and i'm not embarrassed to do it in class even though it's a little funky and i can laugh about it it's not really embarrassing or weird to me but for some people in class like especially younger people i feel like Mm -hmm. it's something that we should bring back as necessary for those people because mm. i remember being that age and i remember going like oh. feeling weird about kia <laughs> like feeling weird about kiaing and and so like i think that it's um one of those things that's like it kind of ebbs and flows with the the, the yeah. people in the class yeah, like sure. as you need it it's really interesting because that's one of those things that like you know if you study traditional martial arts it's around a lot mm-hmm. yeah. and i don't think people get what it's all about mm-hmm. you know yeah um, it's just like something that you do but yeah okay but why like mm-hmm. what is the purpose of that and i can see why we probably mostly don't do it because as as the culture of our dojo is like eh, we're not like super you know into the like ultra japanese like ultra traditional thing Mm -hmm. and so it's like it feels a little bit like we don't really need that extra stuff Mm -hmm. but sometimes we do need it because it refreshes that that ability to kiai he has an interesting thing i have an interesting relationship with it uh i've spent a fair amount of my time personally practicing kiai um both in the the very literal sense of shouting powerfully um and then also in the sense of what is the shouting powerfully doing and how do i right. project my feelings mm-hmm. so like you know i have with people on the street looked at them with kiai in no so sound. this is uh the story that comes to my mind is uh you they have a story about you and uh one of the other instructors michael Varen walking and uh, someone was behind you and you both just sort of turned around and got into a posture and the guy like put his hands up oh, and yeah. was like, oh, sorry, man, didn't yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and that's exactly, that's a instant de-escalation from that, you know, yeah. what could have been. Absolutely. Yeah. And so like, you know, it, I think it's good and I think it's a good personal study. Now, as far as doing kiais all the time in the dojo, it is kind of good in the sense that you get used to people shouting at you all the time Uh and so it kind of roughens you up to it but the truth is that's a little bit of a trick because um just because you can deal with that in a martial arts setting where you know that's supposed to happen doesn't necessarily mean that that skill is going to translate to when it happens in real life and in real life it's not necessarily going to be just a shout it's probably going to come with some profanities and maybe something that digs at you or something that scares you you know i got a gun you know like and that's a key eye but it's but it's different and so like i feel like you actually don't gain all that much in that sense and the problem with that i have with regular regular training with it is it just becomes what we do every day right and so it's nothing more than screaming like when we you know and so while there's some things about conditioning your breath you know like when i was doing kendo you had to key eye constantly and that is kind of good because it teaches you to control your breath i mean and there are things that come with that but I don't really harp on it unless I see a student who needs it. And through the years, if you've noticed, I will pick on a student and say, you're going to ki all right, the time right, when right. you do this. you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Or the kids sometimes will be like, all right, we're all going to ki on this because yeah. they need to be able to do it. 
but when it just becomes commonplace, it loses its value, and I think people don't understand what it's actually right. doing. Yeah. And it also seems like there is diminishing returns where it's like, once you get it, you got it. Yeah. You don't need to yeah. go back to it all the time. Yeah. Uh, it can be hard to get, but it's really the thing that's hard to get is just switching off that part of your brain that says, this is weird to do. Once you've done that, right. then you have it. So it's right. like, you don't have to... And there are also other parts of Aikido training that get at that same concept, uh, right. you know? That's I mean, we sure. all yeah. weapons training, at least for me, was a practice in Kiai, you know? Right. The right. ability to, you know, uh, enact my intention, you know, swiftly right. and intent intentfully, right. you know? Right, Which is the, yeah, the absolute essence of Kiai. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And um, we do, yeah, you see that quite a bit. I think we see that quite a bit in weapons work, even just in, like, posturing and things that we do within the forum. So, yeah. 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 So um, we're we're still talking about de-escalation. We kind of took a little thing, but but that key eye I think is Aikido's example of how to take a forceful stance, right? And that's telling them what to do, being their boss. And so, right in the idea of how does something come de-escalated, you've either told them I'm too powerful for you to try anything with, or I'm your friend. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think the the I'm your friend part comes in kind of like I was saying earlier in the indirect way, which is just that you're constantly throughout class, hopefully working on your interpersonal skills and being respectful and kind to each other and um, paying attention to rules and the ways that you're supposed to do things. And that's all that stuff of right. like, you know, respecting tra traditions and social norms and stuff. I also think that it's it's built into that idea of uh, the Masubi, mm -hmm. you know, the, the empathy, the not, mm -hmm. right? So that it's like, look, if I understand what you're feeling, I am going to better be able to verbally or any other way de-escalate that situation because it's in me. Right. Right. So I don't, it's not like uh, I'm sort of just... Un, like thinking about how you're thinking and then oh blah, blah blah it's like no i feel what you're feeling man like and that's that's how you be that's what friends do you know that's yeah. the real and you and we train that sort of thing all the time right. again like indirectly um but that's what we should be looking for all the time it's like can i not only like I want, I want to be able to feel what you were feeling. I want to be able to get to the intent and then the, the reason behind the intent. And so even when we're doing forms and things and we're blending, you know, we want to be able to blend with not with just the motion, although, but with the attack. And so if we're right. training that, then we're training right. a, a de-escalation. So I, I think what Josh is saying is perfect. Um, uh, so like understanding that de-escalation is a minor skill set of negotiation. Uh, negotiation is, look, neither one's heated. We're just trying to figure out what's how we're going to get what we want, right? And that's what a negotiation is. And so what Josh is saying is that Masubi, which we train in negotiation, is an absolute necessary skill when you want to befriend someone who is escalating, right? So you understand why they're mad, right? So for example, um, dude, no one listens to me. Fuck you. Fuck everybody. No one understands my standpoint, right? And it's like, oh, dude, I had a hard day too. I totally get what you're coming from, you know? No, you don't understand where I'm coming from. You're right. Your situation is unique. If you explain it to me a little better, then I'd be happy right. to, you know, and, and using these kinds of skills, 
puts you on the same page with the guy. And next thing you know, he's crying in your lap and telling you why he's had a bad day and there's no more escalation, you know. And that come that ability to do that comes from empathy. And empathy is trained in negotiation because if you can't understand what they want, you can't understand how to negotiate for what you right. want with them. Right. Um, and I think that's, you know, that is all of IQ. I mean, that's all that, that we're doing right. is, is trying to build that. So in a way, it's like, yeah, we're... Yeah. Everything is training toward right, and yes, which is probably why people associate it with the art and right. And Maya had brought this up earlier about kokyu, and so you know, if you look at what what's on the Aikido thing here, we'll see the recipe for um, de-escalation, which is kokyu, the ability to stay calm and controlled inside of yourself and receptive to the world around you. Um, masubi, the ability to understand the position of the other, uh, the other being the other person, the other the environment, the everything. Um, owase, what we do with my ability to control myself and my understanding of the other. Um, and um, uh, uh, Zanchen, Zanchen yeah. the ability to um, stay present after and make sure that it has subsided. That is the, the same recipe as de-escalation, right? And the only thing different is you have to understand what tack it is to take and maybe switch between the two. And the tack just means, am I their friend or am I their right. boss? You know, which, which one am I? And I think that switching between the two tactics is um, is martial arts. I mean, I don't know. We were, we were doing something in class the other day, and I was like, man, switching your brain between one option and the other is like so so hard to switch gears between oh, I'm doing this Nikyo. Oh, now I'm going to turn it over to Nikoda Gaish. Right. You know, like, and that seems so easy, but like you can get in your way so easily also. And I think that's one of the number one lessons of any martial art. You know, Aikido has no corner on this, that like, it's about switching and being able to go with the situation and right. doing the thing that's fitting to the situation. And so that's really just a soft skill I think that you're going to get with any martial art. But you know, Aikido likes to talk about how good it is at that thing. Right, right. And, you know, paired with the empathy of, you know, paying attention to others. And, and I, I'd like to think that Aikido is really good at this. That That probably makes us at least a tiny bit better at that skill of verbally uh de-escalating a situation right i would say too that like i think if you're talking if you are referring to de-escalation in that more narrow definition of just verbal de-escalation stuff i would say i mean most aikido schools probably aren't and i wouldn't say we are really you know working specifically on those tactics um but that's something that would be kind of more involved in a, uh, like a self-defense or like you said, like reality-based self-defense class. Yeah. I think but, that's, that's, and, and if we were to do that in Aikido, that would be a lot more material. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's hard to, I mean, you know, there's a whole course of verbal judo on this and there's a couple other courses too, like that just talk about these verbal skills of keeping things from getting too heated and, and explain, but, but all that's just based on this. And, and, you know, we talked about, you can do it physically, just like the ki, you know, like ki is easily, most easily seen in a shout, but ki can be a look mm -hmm. and de-escalation yeah. can be a posture or a look or a, you know, like, so you can do other stuff with it, but it's just the idea of de-escalation is that it's escalating and I don't want it to escalate anymore. Right. You know, it's sort of, you know, if we're talking about the, I always like to go back to our uh, conflict, spectrum of conflict. Um, 
And uh, it because that's the escalation, right? It's, right. Uh, that's absolutely that, right. That's the complete escalation from proximity. I'm not in proximity to someone to, uh, you know, we have fought and one of us is dead on the side of the road, <laughs> right. whatever. Right. And so both of those are. So we have like, you know, nothing. And on the other side is complete uh, de-escalation. And everywhere across that spectrum is a chance to head it off. Is a chance to head it off. Is yeah. a chance at de-escalation. Yeah, that's right. As you get toward the end of it, uh, and especially once it becomes physical, it becomes very difficult. And 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 your options in how you're going to deal with it become much more difficult. Right. And if you look, you'll see that Aikido exists on a wide swath of that spectrum. Right. Um, whereas a lot of other martial arts don't, uh, you know, most martial arts are at a really small piece of that, like very small segment of right. that, that spectrum. Um, and Aikido really exists in a large, even on that spectrum. And then the skills that you get from Aikido, I think, you know, go even further out. Um, you know, yeah. so I, I was just going to say, I mean, I think ideally Aikido exists and covers a large part of that spectrum, but it also depends how you train it. You know what I mean? Like, well, it, right, yeah, it can I'm be just a narrow band of that spectrum if you're only training a tiny piece of it. So it depends on how... It could be grip fighting. I mean, that's yeah, honestly, right. I mean, if you just want to make it grip right. fighting, it could. And that's right. one tiny part of grappling. And I feel, but which I mean. Is, yeah, a, that's a small part of a small part of the right. spectrum, yes, right? that's right. And so I think, and that's something else that I think you know, gets confusing for people is I don't, I don't think people understand where their skill set falls on that spectrum to even understand what de-escalation would mean from where they're at, you know? Right. Like you're saying, yeah, if you're thinking about it just as grip fighting, it's like, that's really kind of nothing. But but it's funny, you know, when you look at it, I think just like we were talking about with the Kiai, it's an, grip fighting is an easy place to see like to actually get it's the middle of it because mm-hmm. like um any further down and aikido really kind of stops working right, right, any any right. more grappling sure. than that and yeah. aikido kind of stops working you know um but higher than that it's kind of hard to see what's going on you know like you wish you were saying aikido's 90 percent of timmy and it's like i think he, he's basically saying it's a contact game as mm-hmm. i would use the word contact game meaning not that it's about boxing but it's about making contact it's hard to see that and then if you go before that and go well it's about like paying attention and understanding your surroundings and and mastering yourself like what does that even look like you know so grip fighting something we can see so let's train grip fighting right that becomes super like ephemeral and hard to hold on to it's like what does that even mean how do you actually do that and like I'm sure well, even sometimes, like, if you listen to the podcast, you go, yeah, but how? How, right. you how know? do you train, like, and, it, you know, he's at, like, how do you train these things? Well, a lot of it is built into the training. You know what I'm saying? So if you look at it from a one perspective, we're training grip fighting. Mm-hmm. But if you really are paying attention to the way that you're training, we're training all of those other things. Yeah. You know. And I think I think what both of you are saying is exactly right. And that's the hard part is it's like it is being trained by you all the time, but you can't access it because you don't understand how it's how, doing right, that, right? right, right? right, right, right. Um, and like what it's doing, you know? So we don't talk about it, right. I mean, for one. Right. So, <laughs> for know? example, if you just say out in the air, de-escalation, okay, like everyone can kind of latch onto that and go, yeah, I want to de-escalate things. 
So how do you do that? And it's like not until you realize that like, well, things don't escalate because the person escalating realizes one of two things. That's that's yeah. it. You know, that's it's the heart of simple, it. simple, yeah. And then once you understand that, you go, okay, what does Aikido offer as far as being the boss? What does Aikido offer as far as being the friend? Right. And so and then you can kind of track through it and go, oh, that's what I'm training. And then once you understand that, you can apply that in real life. But until you do that, you know, it's exactly like the Kiai thing. Like I said about Kiai, like you get used to people shouting at you in the dojo. That's in the dojo in that specific situation with another guy wearing pajamas. And that's an attorney and you know him and you guys right. go eat lunch together. So when he yells at you, it doesn't bother you. That's different than the gangbanger who's on PCP right, right. who hates you. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> startles you at your exactly car right, with a exactly flashlight right. in your face or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, what is there any? I mean, I think we're kind of running pretty hard at, at, at the whole thing. Um, um, is it look at the question again? Did he have it? Like, I just wanted to make sure we got. I mean, I feel like we uh battled through it pretty well here, but I want to make sure we didn't forget it didn't Leave not include big chunk. yeah i mean he, he said just if slash how you train de- yeah. de-escalation de-escalation yeah. so maybe if chris if you were going to teach a really like let's say the traditional meaning of de-escalation like verbal de-escalation what kind of stuff would you do with a class it doesn't have to be aikido i guess it yeah be any i mean it's exactly what i teach in self-defense class yeah you know so first i would explain what the two objectives are you know like i i well the main idea is i don't want you to attack me i don't want you i don't want it to go any further than it is right now how do i do that i make you believe you're my friend or that i'm the boss of you one of the two i'm more powerful than you or we're buddies um and then how then we'd talk about the skills and that you need to do that you know like um and so and one of and and the skills are different um and one of those the skills generally are going to be more physical right you know right i mean you know so being able to present a strong front is one half of that and that's key eye and posturing and self-assuredness and confidence and all this stuff like you know if you have good cue, good cue in and of itself will make most people not want to attack you because you look very with it you know like uh you know i, I people say this kind of stuff to me all the time it's like oh i wouldn't want to mess with you and it's like never see me do, do anything <laughs> right, 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 right. but but i walk yeah. around and with assuredness right. and you're not necessarily a very menacing guy in terms of size right or no i'm not you, you know, you know? Yeah. so but it's just you know i'm very certain about what i do and that presents a certain kind of front and so that's one half of those tactics. And then we could talk about ways to do that, key eye and physical ways and ways you hold yourself and stuff like that. Then the other side of that is how do I empathize with you? And then how do I work that empathizing with you? You know, I mean, the the title of that Terry Dobson book, you know, giving in to get your way. I think that's basically what it is. Uh-huh. Um, that That's saying that, right? right? That's that kind of thing where it's like, I'll let you in. And then once I let you in, you don't want to turn me down anymore. And it's interesting because that's a very Aikido thing to say right i let you in sure right like you hear that a lot in when we're doing techniques and things oh let them in more let them in more let them in more um so it's interesting that that's the it was interesting to me um i feel like in any kind of customer service or um you know like public facing type job you you learn how to deal in these ways with people and I used to work um, as a uh, like job coach, I guess, basically for people on um, on benefits. And um, I noticed I had a coworker who she was I liked her. We had a, a good relationship, but she was very much um, the the boss. 
and oh, would always present herself as the boss. And she gave me, or someone transferred to me, some of her clients that she had a real problem with. And I was nervous about meeting them because, you know, she had said, oh yeah, these people, oh, they're so difficult, you know. And I ended up working with them. And while I, while I wouldn't say that we had the best relationship ever, I felt that I was able to make at least a tiny bit of progress with them because she was so much trying to command them and tell mm-hmm. them what to Didn't do work. and be their mom and like be the boss that like it just, they were not open to that. And working with them, I tried to be like, hey, I know this is a lot of shit that you probably don't want to do because you have your own life and we're requiring you to do these things. But, you know, I'm going to try and work with you. I'll try and help you out as much as I can. And, you know, I was the friend. Right. And that was my main approach. But then there were other times where I had to learn to be, you know, Assertive, the boss, right. yeah. you know, and I think that having a public facing type job really forces you to work those two, whether you like it or not. Oh, yeah. And what yeah. whichever version is your general go to, like you kind of have to develop both. Yeah. I mean, I think I learned more delivering pizzas about negotiation <laughs> and, and then, than I did, you know, yeah. technical IQ. It was right. like someone's pissed about something and, right. and I got to get a tip at the end of the day. So <laughs> Right. You were always trying to find a way to get in good with them. Right. And sometimes people just do stupid shit. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I know this is your fault, but whatever, <laughs> right? Let's make it work. So. I think that's the other thing is like Aikido, I, I mean, at least I think good Aikido training does teach you that um, you only have to be at least in a situation where you're like, not if you're at a job because you do have an, an end goal that's not just get out of this. But if you're free in the world, your goal is to not be in that bad situation. And right. so you only have to de-escalate long enough to get, get out. out there. Yeah. And so I think people forget and they keep pushing hard on something when there's an importance to realizing that like, oh, hey, I, I have an opening to leave. I have someone else who can come help me and I don't need to just be in this situation by myself. And so reminding yourself that yeah. there are outs. You have many yeah. outs. And I think what's intri- I think that's a really interesting point because we see it all the time, uh, or at least I see it all the time in, in uh, Aikido where, um, you know, when you get pushed, everybody, first reaction, is always to push back. Yeah. Like, right? And it takes everybody, everybody at least a little bit to switch to be able to switch into that thing of when I get pushed I can go with it yeah like when I get pushed so like even something as simple as that is exactly what you're saying is a form of de-escalation in just knowing that like when someone pushes I don't have to immediately push back right you know yes yes and so keep all of your options like keep your eyes open for other options because you don't have to keep banging your head against something even if it is working maybe there's a better option that includes getting you out of the situation, yep. leaving the, the situation rather than staying there and being someone's friend whose friend you don't need to be. <laughs> I don't need to hang out on the street corner with this, uh, you know, dude on crack. Like, I can leave. <laughs> right. All right. We're pretty much at time here, folks. Um, well, they, I I appreciated that question. I think it's a good question. Yeah, it's a very good it's, question. Um, it is a difficult topic, you know, and it, it is like exactly all of those other topics that you brought up where it's like because of it, the nature of it, it is just inherently hard to talk yeah. about. It's just yeah. inherently hard to put your finger on. And everyone knows it's good, though. Yeah, everyone knows it, it. Lip service. Everyone yeah. wants to do it. Yeah. You know? um, right. 
So yeah. I mean, I think the only way that you get really good at like verbal de-escalation is by doing it a whole bunch. Sure. And mostly regular people aren't going to get practice doing that. And the the only like the second best way other than to be like an official negotiator or like a person who's working with people at risk is to do customer service or something where you're sure. dealing with a bunch of regular people all the time. You know, most people, they, they, and this is the thing with everything, you know, like, look, most people aren't, are de-escalating shit constantly, all the time. but yes. they're not realizing they're doing it and they're not seeing where they're failing or where they're succeeding. Yeah. And like understanding that uh, gives them the power to go, I always fail in this situation. Right. Why? Right. Yeah. Well, because you're weak and scared. Right. And so, so Every like that's time why, you I know, get in like, a fight with my wife or my girlfriend, <laughs> this thing. I mean, no, really, but yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's, what that's I was a serious too. thing. It's like, you know, I, we keep having this discussion. And every time that it happens, it ends up in, you know, yeah. I smash my hand through the wall and like whatever. Okay, what's that situation really right. about? Right. And why is your de-escalation not working? You know? and, and, and the problem is probably exactly the same thing that Maya's coworker was having trouble. Like why that... that client was such a difficult client to deal with because she had a tack that she used and yes. it worked yes. 90% of the time. It didn't work on this right, client. Right. And so she couldn't get this tack. And so she couldn't say, what's my other option than to be the boss? Yeah. Right. And yeah. so she didn't have another option. And I think, I mean, here's another way to practice, which is what you're saying is like, debrief with the people in right. your life that you trust and love and that you want to get better at interacting with them with and, and talk about how that, how that fight just go. Why did I say that to you? Or, or how could I communicate to you differently so that I can better tell you right. that I don't like this thing or that you're bothering me or getting on my nerves or something? Like, how can we, right. you know, or can I try a different tack? Can I just not mention this thing to you when we're ready to, until we're ready to talk about right. it or whatever it is, right. you know? Like, I think that that's pretty powerful to keep to keep on the debriefing and, and checking in and, yeah. and, you know, trying and even to get better just together. Within, your, within yourself. Yeah. Because it could be that, that person's never going to be able to, <laughs> right. you know, they yeah. may, they're, they don't know and they don't care. Right. That's right. And so you're going to have yeah. to do it, you know, so. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and thank all of our patrons for all their uh, lovely support that they they give. It's funny with that coworker, you know, I immediately met her and some part of me immediately sensed that she was the mom type. That she was you know? the boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that she was the boss. And there was an, also an immediate part of myself that got very nervous mm -hmm. because I was like, oh man, I sometimes don't get along with people that like are this. like this. And But I somehow managed to, I mean, I guess another part of myself was like, let her be your mom. Right. Just just go with it. And we had a great relationship. And and it, I, I guess it was a negotiation that I didn't realize or a de-escalation that I didn't realize I had. Um, okay, so our patrons. Thank you so much to our patrons. You guys make it possible for us to keep doing this podcast. So thank you so much to Adam Nicholson, Matt Whalen, The Dirt Wasp Podcast, Chris Protector of Ducks, Comouse, Red Leather, Yellow Leather, <laughs> Nick Way of the Butter Knife Bullman, Brad V, Yaro Madrona, El Terrible, Brooke Ferragamo, Ben Bear Wrestler Aldrich, Tommy Siv, Francis Cordon, Scott Burns, Dave Dewberry, Sension Center, Barrett Lippy, Sam Sulian, Michael Heed, Ocon Ayrton, Randy Stewart, Thomas Polino, Hillary Jones, Constantinos Andrew, Franz Martinson, Yuli Simgu, Brian Crowley, Lisa Klein, Sharon Okada, Christopher Aceto, Matt Mumford, Matt Riley, Grant Templin, and Lenny Acuna. All right. And then also thank you to Nick Logan, Logan. 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 Uh, for the topic idea. Hopefully we got through it. If there if you know, he has or anyone has, you know, questions or comments or, you know, we 
said something or didn't say something, uh, let us know. Because we, we like that. It's so funny with this podcast, and I feel the same way with my, my Patreon page. Like, there's so many things that you have to talk about outside of Aikido in order to talk about <laughs> it inside of Aikido. Because it, like because Aikido is like its own little isolated thing. You can't see where anything's going if you can't get outside of right, Aikido. And yeah. so sometimes I wonder when we have podcasts if people are like, what does this really have to do right, with, with Aikido? Aikido exactly. Yeah. You know, like it is right. It is very a lot. I mean, and especially the way that we look at Aikido because. Uh, it is kind of a holistic thing, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just like, eh, it, it's not just this martial art that we do that exists outside of our lives. Like, you know, um, that exact same, that exact thing, right? Like it's, there's a lot of the way that we think about it exists beyond just the, here are the techniques that you do and here is how they are applied in this situation, you know? Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the first, whatever, five, ten minutes of this podcast was kind of a meta conversation about what we need to be talking about. And, like, sometimes you gotta, we have to do that because, like, right, otherwise, we have to figure out what tact we're going to take right. to get into this. Because and, like, otherwise people are going to be just scratching their head, like, what are you what even? What going on? Like, I mean, I think that's a perfect example, too, of what we were just talking about today, which is, like, the, it wasn't a de-escalation exactly, but we had to all sit here and kind of negotiate, like, how are we going to dig into this right, as a team? Yeah, yeah, because right. that's what we are. Like, how do we dig into it and not get too in the weeds? <laughs> And if you made it through to the end, this is what it looks like. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sure that most people made it to the end. I mean, Our yeah. listeners are hardcore. They give us the benefit of the doubt. They, they got true. it and they're like, yeah, stop this. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you guys next I'll, week. I'll, I'll come back to this <laughs> later, maybe. <laughs> we, we got a listener about three weeks ago and then we lost him on this. <laughs> no, hopefully that did not happen. Okay, uh, tip of the week. Um, tip of the week is um, try to listen and repeat back what someone says to you because Ooh. I think that that's a really empathetic, like a good skill to practice when you're practicing empathy and like listening and it's easy to kind of assume that you know what someone's trying to tell you and I, I do it as much as everybody else that like it's easy to go like, oh, I get it, got it, okay, mm-hmm. you know, or, or like talk over them about what they're saying before they've finished what they're saying and and so trying to like sit back wait listen process and then repeat it mm-hmm. back to them is this what you were saying to me and if not please correct me or tell me right. what you are saying to me right and i think that that's that's will do will go far for you mm-hmm. you know and it's it's easiest to do in relationships where you have a good rapport and then eventually you can take that out into relationships where you don't have any rapport and you can you know, make sure that you're on the same page with someone who you've never talked to before and yeah. potentially use that in a, you know, more difficult situation. Yeah. And that, I mean, what you're pointing out there is exactly what um, Aikido people are trying to do, which is like, we can do the Aiki thing in the dojo, yes. but can we take it outside right. and do it with someone who's not trying to do Aikido with us? Yeah. Um, my tip would be, Koki Misubi Wase Zanchin. I probably said this before, but in all parts of your training, Focus on those things and see if you can hit those, if you have those things, you can hit those things as you're going through the training. And you can switch off so you don't have to do them all at the same time. But, you know, you can, today is my Koku day or today is my uh, Masubi day and I'm just going to 
focus in on that. Um, or I'm going to do all of them. And, you know, every time I do it, I'm going to make sure that as I'm going through, I hit each of those pieces as they're happening and make a, like, mental note of it or whatever. Um, because, like Chris was saying, that is, that's it. You know, if you're talking about de-escalation, that's the steps that you have to make. So, yeah. I think to, sorry, to go back to what I was saying before, I also, like, I wanted to add on to that a little bit, that, like, um, not to make assumptions, like, if you aren't quite clear on what someone's trying to tell you, just keep asking questions. I, I, I've been trying to do this a little bit more rather than, say, immediately start synthesizing what they said and, you know, spout back out what they're, spit back out what they're saying, or, you know what I mean? Like, immediately trying to respond and, like, you know, bounce and continue the conversation, just say, can you tell me more about what you mean by this? Or what do you mean by blank? You know, and like that will force them to kind of elaborate on what they're saying and you can get actual clarity and then move forward. Because it's easy to just go like, oh, I, I get what you're saying and then repeat back. And then it, like, I think it, it keeps you spinning your wheels longer than you want to if rather than just asking a further follow-up question yeah, to mm-hmm, someone. Mm-hmm. Okay, All right. let's do it. Let's go. Let's be done. Let's be done. We're going into the world for the next week with that in mind. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week.